welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachekai. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Supplements. Are they bullshit? That's a big, broad <laughs> question. But don't people ask you that? Like, should all I be time. taking supplements? Like, it's such a broad question, but I get that all the time. I find that there's, like, two camps of supplement takers. There's the people that take them all, and they come in here, and they bring out a little list full of all the supplements and the doses that they take. And then there's people that are like, sometimes I take a multivitamin when I remember. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. there's a few stragglers in between, but it seems to be a, quite a polarizing practice that's true so today we are talking about one supplement that we actually think may be right for some people to take and that is coq10 or coenzyme q10 also sometimes known as ubiquinol or is yes. that the active form so ubiquinone is the same thing as coq10 so that's mm-hmm. in the inactivated form which your body naturally makes mm-hmm ubiquinone in the body now when your body converts it to its active form which it does naturally it's then called ubiquinol so in supplements you can choose to get coq10 also known as ubiquinone or Mm. you can buy the activated form which is ubiquinol gotcha gotcha and when it's naturally occurring in our body it acts as an antioxidant exactly and most people make enough CoQ10. Mm -hmm. So I would say most people, you're probably making enough on your own Mm -hmm. and the majority of people probably don't need to take a supplement. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the people who maybe do. Okay. Let's start with the biggest one that I found the most interesting. And you talked about this on our Instagram story. People who take statins or cholesterol lowering medications could actually really benefit from supplementing with CoQ10 for the long term. Yes. So if you are taking any kind of medication that lowers your cholesterol, usually known as a statin, statins can artificially lower the amount of CoQ10 that is in your body because they are produced within that same pathway. So Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be lowering your cholesterol, but because it goes along that same pathway, it can also be lowering the CoQ10 that your body is naturally making. And so some of the symptoms from that are things like muscle cramping Mm -hmm. and pain. And in the studies, they've shown that if you're taking a statin and you are supplementing with a CoQ10, that actually decreases some of those side effects as well as increases the amount of CoQ10 in the body. Yeah, the studies were pretty profound in how much they decreased those symptoms of weakness and fatigue. Fatigue Mm -hmm. was a big one. A Mm -hmm. lot of people experience a drop in energy when they're taking a statin and not producing as much CoQ10. So that could be a big uh, perk for people that are experiencing low energy from taking that statin. Definitely. So if you, if your doctor has put you on a statin and not recommended CoQ10, go get yourself Mm. some CoQ10 like immediately, especially if you've been taking that statin for a while. There's really no reason or contraindication for you to not take it. 
Unless you're on a certain blood thinner or diabetes medication, then maybe you want to ask your doctor about it or ask a dietitian to look into that for you. Um, But yeah, if you're taking a statin, you need to be taking CoQ10. Mm -hmm. A lot of the studies gave really good specifics on how much you should be taking. And what I noticed in the studies was that it was a lot of long-term studies and that you Mm -hmm. might not notice a big difference if you're only supplementing for 30 or 60 days. Uh, Some of the more profound evidence came from six months to two years of supplementing of CoQ10. So it's more of a long game type of supplementation. Agreed. It's it's definitely a long-term thing, but it's not expensive. Mm-mm. So it's Mm-mm. not like something you're going to be spending hundreds of dollars on every month. It's pretty cheap. And for the benefit that you would get, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth it. One, one other thing with cholesterol while we're on that subject is there, they have shown that CoQ10 can increase or can decrease the harmful cholesterol levels in the body if you're not already taking yeah. a statin. Yeah. So if you're someone who maybe your LDL or total cholesterol is a little too high, you've already done some dietary changes, you've already increased your physical activity, your physician really wants that number down a little bit more, taking a CoQ10 can moderately decrease mm-hmm. that as long as you're not already on a cholesterol-lowering medication. Yeah, that could be really helpful for somebody who might have more genetic-related cholesterol, or if your LDL, like you said, is high, and even triglycerides. I read that it could lower triglycerides. I think the study that I read was, uh, let's see, after five and a half months, LDL and triglycerides went down compared to placebo when the participants were taking about 60 milligrams twice daily. So okay. 120 milligrams, that's, again, pretty good price. And you have nothing to lose there's not right. a lot of side effects so why not right. test it out for a while and see especially if you're someone who's done everything to lower your cholesterol and really don't want to go on a statin there was one anecdote that i read where a guy was saying that he was having trouble sleeping when mm. he started taking it but he was taking a super super high dose i want to say it was like 1500 milligrams mm-hmm. or something like that and most of the studies recommend that dose between like 50 and 200 mm-hmm. a day so if for whatever reason you do start to feel like you're not able to sleep because the CoQ10 is kind of like the spark plug mm-hmm. in your body for energy. The thing that kind of like get it's it's just part of that ATP production process. If you remember hmm. all that stuff from eighth grade science, <laughs> it's the way that your body produces energy. CoQ10 plays a big role in that. So if it's something that's helping you with fatigue, helping increase energy, and maybe you're taking too much of it, it could interfere with mm-hmm. sleep. So that's just something to note. And maybe not taking it at night, mm-hmm. but taking it in the morning would be better. I also just want to always want to highlight when we talk about supplements, if you're, you know, dealing with extreme fatigue or insomnia, you don't want to just look at a supplement to be either the solution or the cause of those issues. It is going to be auditing your entire diet and lifestyle and pinpointing what could be causing some of this low energy or fatigue. Uh, Maybe it is a bit low CoQ10. Cool. If that's the solution, then great. But are you under fueling? Are you eating the wrong kinds of foods? Are you not getting enough sleep? Are you sitting around all day and not getting a lot of movement and exercise that would help naturally increase your energy throughout the day? So, I mean, these are all really great findings, but it's always nice to remember that it's a big picture when it comes to solving big problems like low energy or fatigue. Yeah, so something like this would never be a first line of defense. It would be maybe step 
eight mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. sure that you're doing all of these other things if you come to us and you're fatigued the supplements would be way down the line mm-hmm. i always like to you know i like to speak in metaphors i i think very visually and when i think about supplements i think about when you are getting dressed how supplements are like the final touches or accessories <laughs> like you yeah. put on your pants and your underwear hopefully and <laughs> your um and your shirt maybe jacket and shoes but if you're running late and you don't have the time or extra budget to put on earrings, then it's okay, mm-hmm. right? You're still able to go out in public and function, but you wouldn't just put on your earrings and go out naked. I mean, maybe you would. I don't know <laughs> if you're like on Miami Beach. If you're going to this EDC festival <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, maybe uh, you do. <laughs> I'm still going to wear pants. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like supplements could add the finishing touches, but make sure your foundation is straight. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. Um People with congestive heart failure. Yeah, this was a big one. That was another group of people who really benefited Mm -hmm. from the CoQ10 supplementation. I remember I used to work on the heart transplant and cardiovascular units at a hospital as a clinical dietitian, and CoQ10 was a big one that we talked about because a lot of our clients would have, our clients, a lot of our patients had heart failure. And so I was really excited to read some of the studies and kind of remember those numbers and be like, oh yeah, like this was a good supplement. Were your patients aware of it when you brought that up? No. Or were the doctors really aware of it? We'd be mostly talking to pharmacists about it. There would be, whenever I would go and do an education with those kinds of clients, you have to first gauge their sense of interest Mm -hmm. and education. It's not like, you know, our clients who come into nutrition awareness now that want to geek out and they want to know all of the things and they're interested and they have a baseline level of nutrition education or they can conceptualize that. Sometimes you go into a heart failure patient's room who could really benefit from CoQ10, but we got to focus on bigger fish to fry, like, you know, the fried fish that they're eating covered in sodium. So it would be something that would come up, but only with those people I could really tell. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But yeah, they showed that, you know, even taking supplements for a long time, taking CoQ10 as a supplement reduced your chance of cardiovascular events, including heart failure, by like 50% in some of these studies. I was like, that's a big number. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. For sure. If you have that in your family, like heart problems, you might want to recommend to especially maybe older people in your family, or if you are, you know, coming up on 60, 70 years old, I wouldn't hesitate to take a CoQ10. Yeah, I would say if you're over the age of 50, you have any kind of like cardiovascular issue or event, I would say CoQ10 and DHA EPA. Mm -hmm. I would 100% recommend Mm -hmm. both of those things. There are no harm, no foul supplements. They are cheap, easy to come by, and the adverse effects are little to none. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most people most people could benefit from an EPA or DHA supplement. I would agree. Yeah. I take one every single day. Yeah. If you, I mean, that we should do a whole podcast on that. We could go on and on, but those are really exciting things. And both of those things could help her boost your energy, boost your mood. I think when I was reading the, the studies on cardiovascular events, that when people were doing long-term supplementation uh, with CoQ10 and they had heart failure or symptoms of heart failure, that a lot of the biggest markers that we associate with heart failure were improved, including shortness of breath, which is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Because imagine if you've known somebody who has had cardiovascular heart failure, CHF is what we'll, we'll, we'll say to save time. But if you know someone that's had CHF or you've had CHF, it is so hard to watch them breathe and yeah. function. And you never want to get to that point. But even the minor beginning symptoms are alarming and scary. And it's like, why not do this? Why not yeah. try it? Yeah. Agreed. 
Um, I think one of the questions from one of our clients on our Slack channel, they had asked about CoQ10 for exercise. Hmm. And there were some things out there, like uh, I saw it could increase the time to exhaustion with long-term supplementation. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those really small fries, though, in terms of the things that you can do to increase exercise performance. Maybe if you're an athlete and you're getting paid to play, like that could be something that you're adding for that reason. Um Again, I think it's, like, a no harm, no foul thing, but if we have to choose, like, what's most important to you in terms of exercise performance, I don't know that CoQ10 is one of those things. It wouldn't make my top five list, you know, of things to change or do, even supplement-wise. One other thing I read, not a whole lot of studies about this, but I shared this with one of my DAP clients, was how um, even CoQ10 supplementation could potentially decrease fasting blood glucose by 6% and your fasting blood insulin by about 20%. And that was done in a five-month-long study comparing a group of participants with a placebo. I think that's pretty significant, especially if you're borderline, pre-diabetic, or just over that diabetic line and wanting to get those numbers down quick. Mm -hmm. Again, easy thing to add in. Some studies support it. No harm, no foul. Yeah, and I've had some clients who have come in recently where their blood sugar levels are perfectly fine, but their insulin is through the roof. And so I think someone like that could potentially benefit from CoQ10. I see a lot with um, PCOS clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple guys too, Mm -hmm. actually. I've seen PCOS and a couple guys like in their 30s, early 40s. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they never would have known there's an issue because if you take your just their blood sugar, your A1C, they're fine. Yeah. And in the two individuals I'm thinking about, the two males, they were both having a hard time losing weight despite mm-hmm. making quite a few changes. Mm-hmm. And so those insulin levels were something that was a red flag as to why they was they were having hard time harder time losing weight. Yeah, you have to specify getting insulin levels tested when you go to your primary care physician. Make sure to ask for it. Yep. Um. People over 50. That was another one that I read that after around the age 50 or 60, some studies said 60, Mm -hmm. your body has a harder time converting CoQ10 into its active form. So for someone in that age bracket, we would recommend that they take ubiquinol, which is the activated form of CoQ10. It's a little more expensive, but again, it's still not like a break the bank kind of supplement. Yeah, easy thing to do. I would do it at 50. I was reading the same thing. I saw some at 60 and 50, so why not start younger? Right. Okay. So specific supplement recommendations, if someone wanted to know, like, brands. I like the NOW, the N-O-W, Ubiquinol, if you're over the age of 50, 60, or if you have congestive heart failure, any kind of cardiovascular condition, just get the activated form because Mm -hmm. we don't know in your body if it's having a hard time breaking it down. Thorn Q is mm-hmm. what I liked for um, clients that are under the age of 50, and though it has 100 milligrams, which is exactly kind of the yeah. right dose that we're looking for for people. Now, when you're taking it, you need to be taking it with a meal yeah. that ha- includes fat in it. So avocado, olive oil, salmon, nuts, seeds, something that has that fat in it. Now, some people say, well, as long as that supplement has like 
sunflower lecithin or some kind of oil in it but that capsule can only include Mm -hmm. so much fat Mm -hmm. and it's such a little amount you're going to be much more likely to absorb it better if you're having it with an actual Mm -hmm. meal that has fat I would take it in a morning meal if possible too morning and lunch in case you do have some of those symptoms of insomnia Yep, I would agree with that. And you can break that dose down into like a 50 milligram in the morning and 50 milligram at lunch, or you can just take the 100 in the morning. True. Other things that I read that could increase the bioavailability is taking it with a black pepper extract. Um, So similar to like a turmeric, how it needs that black pepper for your body Mm -hmm. to help absorb it. That could be helpful for absorption, but your body is pretty good at converting that CoQ10 or ubiquinone to the ubiquinol because it's doing it naturally Mm -hmm. anyways. Cool. All right. There wasn't much else I wanted to add about CoQ10. Nope. So taking a statin, if you're over the age of 50, if you're having a hard time with energy or fatigue and you've already done a lot of the other things that we would recommend, um, and CHF. Yeah, pretty much. Let's talk about getting your CoQ10 from an energy drink like Bang. Oh, okay. So (laughs) healthy or not today, we are talking about Bang energy drinks. You know, I tell people that there aren't many things that I say like never drink. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I've I've had these before, but this is like a never for me. This is a never drink. This is a never drink for me. What puts it on your never drink list? Because it freaks me out, first of all. Okay, this, it might be a little like my own bias. But so if we look at Bang energy drinks, First of all, their marketing repulses me. I can't stand the colors of these cans because I think maybe in my head I stereotype them and I put them in with like, like, ew, I don't know. Just They just seem like trashy to me. That's all. Then you look at yeah. the ingredients and there's the marketing is so misleading that I think that is what pisses me off too because they make it look like it's this healthy, awesome, amazing thing that everyone should be drinking. They've got hot girls and like motocross stars drinking it. And they put all of these labels on the front that says boost energy, like blah, blah, blah. And bang has CoQ10. So like it's heart healthy, (laughs) but it's full of stimulants and artificial colors and artificial sweeteners and stuff that just does your body no good. Yeah. They make it seem like you can go just capture the world if you're drinking this. It's got BCAAs. It's got CoQ10. Well, and the funny thing is like, I'm I've been trying to find how much CoQ10 it has, and I can't find the answer. Mm. So, like, they don't list it on the can. They don't list it on the website. It just says in the ingredients that it has CoQ10, but we don't know how much it has in it. So, it could have, like, one milligram, and they could still list that it has CoQ10. But same thing with, like, all the other things that they're adding, like creatine. Like, we don't know how Why are much. they sold at vitamin shops? Like, that pisses me off, too. <laughs> are you surprised? No, vitamin I'm not. Vitamin shop sells all the bullshit. I know, yeah. But it's still just, like, Anything that's got anything. good marketing. Yeah, anything that's got good marketing. So, mm-hmm. if you see a drink that has CoQ10, yes, we've talked about how good CoQ10 could be for you. But if you're getting CoQ10 in the form where it's some bright red or orange color mm. and it's got zero calories but tastes like <laughs> the sweetest thing you've ever had like a flavor is candy apple yeah <laughs> and it's got sucralose so and that acyl sulfame k and a bunch of stuff that you don't actually need like just get the supplement on its own like bang good oh sorry i'm just i'm, I'm appalled Go. by the flavors tell me cotton more. candy miami cola 
purple vegan friendly <laughs> what's purple kittles what does that mean is that like some reference that i'm not aware of no i don't know what purple kittles is <laughs> so if you know what purple kittles is yeah let us know rose rose mango bango this is hilarious this to me is like south beach in a can well, and I can see this appealing to, you know, 18-year-olds yeah. who are probably not sleeping and wondering why <laughs> <laughs> because they're drinking these. So Bang Energy drinks do not get the yeah. nutritional awareness stamp of approval, despite them maybe having some CoQ10. You know, we don't usually, like, shit all over something. Can you find anything positive? No. Yep, me <laughs> I'm just going to say no. No, nope. I don't even like the colors of marketing. <laughs> All right, guys, don't forget to share this podcast episode if you liked it. If you screenshot it and share it on your Instagram and tag us in it, you'll be put in a drawing to win free coffee at the beginning of every month. Also, if you leave a review, you'll get five entries for the coffee contest. Make sure you DM us that you left a review on Apple Podcasts because the names don't always match up with like the usernames don't match up with who you are. So we'll never be able to know who you are if you're like Bang Energy Rocks 004. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I wouldn't let you win. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.